This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, now, as Canadians, whenever there's something that we're concerned about, the one thing we want to hear is that Ottawa is setting up a panel to fix it. Uh, that's going to solve all of our problems. Look, uh, there, there are legitimate concerns about foreign meddling in uh, Canada's upcoming election campaign. In fact, we spoke last week uh, with the McDonald laurier Institute specifically about Russia and the concerns around Russia. So the question maybe really is, are we doing enough to prevent that? Do we have enough resources in place to guard against that? That's maybe the more pressing issue. What we got today from the federal government is the announcement of a new mechanism, a protocol of sorts, that will essentially determine when and how Canadians would be informed of anything like this. Obviously, this becomes politically sensitive in an election campaign. Should it be up to the government whether or how to disclose these kinds of things? So essentially, five senior public servants are going to sit on this panel. A critical election incident public protocol is what will guide their decisions. So if there is some kind of a serious incident, some kind of a a hacking incident, for example... Is that the kind of thing that they would go public with during a campaign? They will make that decision. So that's essentially what the announcement is today. Uh, So how far is this panel going to go in in monitoring what Canadians are are hearing about or seeing or reading during a campaign? Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale says, look, as, as long as things are done in an open, peaceful and transparent manner... That, that's all within the law. But when that type of activity becomes covert or clandestine, when it consists of lies and disinformation aimed at misleading people, destabilizing the economy or society, or manipulating the democratic process, a bright red line gets crossed. Uh, Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan uh, for the announcement today says the government is dedicating the resources needed to protect against cyber threats and foreign interference. Nothing is more important to this government than protecting our democracy and ensuring that our next election is fair and free. Uh, And uh, Democratic Reform Minister Katrina Gould speaking uh, at this uh, event today and and saying that this is not about the government policing or refereeing online content. Let me be clear. This is not about refereeing the election. This is about alerting Canadians of an incident that jeopardizes their rights to a free and fair election. If something happens during the campaign, Canadians will be able to trust that the right people have decided to make it public, that the information is accurate, and that the announcement is not partisan in nature. Because this issue rises beyond partisan considerations. 
All right. Well, joining us for some further analysis uh, of this announcement today and what it all means in the grand scheme of things, Stephanie Carvin joins us, Assistant Professor of International Relations at the uh, Norman Patterson School of International Affairs, Carleton University. Stephanie, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. First of all, in terms of the threat that this is intended to address, I mean, how real is that threat in your view? I think it's very real. We've seen it in several countries um, around the world, perhaps most famously in the United States in the uh, October 2016 election. As well, recently we saw it in France as well. There was um, efforts by malicious actors, uh, almost certainly Russia, to actually um, try and and manipulate public uh, perception of their political leaders. And so, you know, the threat is real. And we know it's real in Canada because the, um, the Canadian Cyber Center or the uh, Canadian Center for Cybersecurity has, uh, which is which is part of the uh, Communication Security Establishment, our Signals Intelligence Agency, has basically asserted that Canadians will likely, almost certainly, see some kind of attempt at foreign influence in the 2019 federal election. And for an intelligence service to say that, that's about as certain as it gets. It's actually a, a something mm-hmm. of a concern when I saw that language actually being used. So the threat is is real as we don't yet know how it's going to manifest but we i think the plan is that we at least need to alert canadians that this is a very real thing that could happen well i mean you mentioned the russians i think i said that's one of the obvious culprits here i mean are we talking about russian interference and being intentionally vague about it or, or are there other foreign powers perhaps that we should be concerned about obviously we got a, a situation at the moment with, with china for example right and i do actually think that that could be a possibility but china you know it's interesting so we saw um, CSIS director David Vigneault, he gave a speech on Bay Street in Toronto, which is a very weird location for a CSIS director to give a speech. But he did that in December of 2018. And he basically talked about the risk of foreign influence, which he now basically describes as, you know, um, you know, he didn't describe it as the number one threat to Canada, but he described it as uh, one of the top threats to Canadian prosperity and, and kind of national security, which is a really interesting um elevation from from what it had been previously i think if you you had talked about clandestine foreign influence four years ago no one would really know so mm-hmm. what was interesting about that particular speech was that he basically said that you know foreign influence is a threat but the number one way this threat still manifests in canada is in person so in other words it, it's face-to-face kind of nudge nudge wink wink hey wouldn't it be great if this could happen and trying to like cultivate relationships in a kind of clandestine way that's still the number one way this kind of foreign influence activity still happens in Canada and certainly um, that's kind of how China operates so it doesn't really operate in an online space it operates in a person-to-person space but that being said we he also acknowledged that increasingly it is also happening online so what we saw today was about online activity we really don't yet know much about if there's a strategy to talk about the in-person kind of risks of, of clandestine foreign influence that uh, certainly we've seen in Canada before. Right. So as you say, I mean, we have a, a security and intelligence infrastructure in place that is meant to to watch for this, monitor this, guard against this. It sounds like what's being announced today is is more of a mechanism about when or how this would be disclosed. So, so what's new today? Um, basically, we have learned that there is actually going to be a, a a committee 
um, that is going to look at, um, you know, to, to basically if there's uh, some suspicious by the security intelligence community in Canada that this activity is coming on, they will look at the evidence, they will bring it to this committee, which is going to be comprised of the clerk of the Privy Council and the National Security Advisor, uh, and I believe the Commissioner of Elections, they're going to come together and decide whether or not to go public with that. So that new committee is is, is a new announcement. Other than that, it was really, you know, they, they talked about $7 million for digital literacy, which, okay, great. Um, yeah. But I would suggest that um, there really isn't that much here that is new. It was kind of a discussion of how different powers that intelligence services have already will be put in place with some discussion about we're going to ask the the social media companies nicely if they would consider taking down uh, Boris's bot network. Right. Well, it's something you said on Twitter uh, this morning. You said... um we haven't learned much. This is all based on a failure to pass comprehensive national security reform. So maybe this is the kind of thing that we, we should have been moving on much sooner and maybe much more thoroughly. Where has the government dropped the ball, in your view? You know, it just seems like we spent so much time talking about pot. Um, <laughs> you know, we just spent months talking about pot. <laughs> it's not just the government, it was the media, it was everybody. And I'm kind of like, yeah, there's this threat out there that I think we really need to be worried about. Um, and really, um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, like you don't want to rush comprehensive national security reform. So I'm talking here about Bill C-59, which I would argue is the biggest change to our intelligence services since 1984. Um so you don't want to actually, you know, rush that. But at the same time, I mean, the clock is running out. The Senate has had this bill for, you know, uh, close to a year, and they're just sitting on it. And the next bill that's going to be coming up that they're talking about is going to be on gun legislation. And, um, you know, it, it just the prioritization of all of this is just really uh, mind-boggling to me that we have this threat. And so why, why I basically sent out that tweet is that they've had to basically make this plan absent of the powers that would help our national security agencies protect our elections better. So it is a bill. Uh, oh, sorry, it's not a bill, it's a plan. Um, but it's a plan based on the failure to get that reform through. Mm. And how, that I yeah. think it should be of concern to all Canadians. Well, indeed. I mean, how, how politically vulnerable is, is this issue? And, and I mean, we've seen in, in the U.S. how this kind of stuff can be politicized. And, you know, to call into question uh, the election results or, you know, the accusation that someone's going to use it as an excuse if the election doesn't go their way. If, if the politicians start weighing in on this or we start to hear about uh, potential interference, can it become politicized? Should we be worried about it becoming politicized? I think this is why we're seeing this announcement being made now, right? So we're trying to warn Canadians that this is going to happen. Uh, we're outlining the steps that are going to be taken, um, you know, under the current legislation, I suppose. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we're trying to explain that there are going to be obligations on private companies, media companies, social media companies to take action. But also, um, you know, Canadians themselves have to use their thinking caps when they're, you know, hitting forward on that email or liking that um, meme they see on Facebook, you know, they have to think critically about all of these things. And uh, frankly, we haven't um, really seen that yet, I think. So, um, you know, we need we need Canadians to, to be a little bit more uh, thinking. And you're right. I mean, the problem is, and we heard, certainly we heard that with the questions that were being asked by some reporters. Well, who's going to decide what is fake information and what isn't. Yeah. And I think 
in the end, what the government is going to have to show is that it wasn't the content necessarily of the information, but the fact that foreign actors were either trying to amplify it, so drowning out other good sources of information, or they're trying to suppress other good information. So uh, that's because that's kind of the way this this works is like you, you you try to basically get a narrative, you wander it through other kind of uh, mediums, and then in the end, what you do is you um, uh, basically then try to amplify your message and the narrative that you want to get out, and then suppress the ones you don't. And but you're right. At the end of the day, I think you're going to see people in like the far right who are going to say this is just more of the Trudeau government's trying to suppress our free speech and stuff like this. So uh, it, it's hard because you have to make that case between, you know, people who are acting in good faith, but, you know, might be disseminating things that aren't true, but, you know, they themselves believe it or they think it's funny. You know, that's also protected free speech. Mm-hmm. So you really are, they are really going to have to demonstrate, I think, here the, the kind of foreign nature of the amplification um, efforts that uh, would basically rule it as some kind of foreign influence activity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, Stephanie Carvin, thanks so much for your insight. Appreciate you making some time for us here today. Yeah, it's why I drink, but uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, likewise. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's yeah. I'd like that. All right, Stephanie Carvin uh, with the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. So, look, I mean, behind the scenes, you've got CSIS, you've got the CSE, you've got the RCMP, and and they're doing all the things they do to ensure that there aren't uh, foreign entities, uh, foreign adversaries up to no good in Canada. So that's all going on, and that's not what today was about. But if there was something, if the Russians hack somebody's emails, who, who decides whether that's shared with Canadians in the right smack in the middle of an election campaign? All right, our number here, 403-974-8255. we got a lot more to get to uh, on the program. We're back with more right after this. I just want to get the opposition reaction to this announcement in here as well. It was uh, conservative MP and Calgary MP as well, Stephanie Cusey, uh, who was speaking uh, on behalf of the opposition, their reaction to what we got today in this announcement. We have uh, great concerns, and I would say that they are too in regards to this government and their preparation in regards to the 2019 election. And the first is, in fact, uh, the incompetence and the refusal to do everything that is necessary to prepare for the upcoming 2019 election in regards to both foreign interference and foreign influence. And within that, I would certainly include social media platforms. Um, And uh, in addition to that, um, we do see that they could have taken further steps with Bill C-76 in regards to, for example, having both the segregated bank accounts and in addition, legislating for third parties beyond the writ and the pre-writ period. Um, So we're very concerned about that. And then finally, the lack of detail, which we saw today. So we are not feeling confident about the Trudeau government and their ability to to protect Canadians in the electoral processes against social platforms at this time. So what what would you propose to do differently? What legislative steps should be put in place to manage Twitter and Facebook and their conduct in the 2019 vote? Well, I I wish we had the answers, and that is why we will continue to hold the government to account, um, because this is exactly our point, is that we did not see this in the announcement today. We did not see a detailed and credible plan. We saw a lot of buzzwords, a lot of platitudes that should leave Canadians concerned in regards to uh, the safeguarding of the electoral process in 2019. All right, so that from uh, the Conservatives, Conservative MP Stephanie Cusey. So, 
that's a fair point here. I think a fair criticism is a real lack of detail. You know, the question that was put to her about Facebook and Twitter, well, wait a second, I mean, do, do we need to regulate Facebook and Twitter? I mean, I'm not so sure that we do necessarily. Right, so what, what is it that we're trying to police here? Again, it seems as though what we're talking about here is a panel that would decide, based on a, a certain set of criteria now, whether to disclose uh, any kind of breach or incident. So that would be at, at a much higher threshold, presumably. But we are still missing some of the details. And again, the bigger issue here, and, and I think Stephanie Cusey alluded to it, and uh, Stephanie Carvin, our guest, alluded to it, is maybe what would have been much more valuable was some, some fundamental uh, national security reform. And, and some changes along the, those lines. And we haven't done so. And now it's probably, for all intents and purposes, too late to begin that process. Maybe that should concern us a little bit more. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.